0: Welcome to the Harvest Community Church Ohio podcast. Our passion is to welcome and care for wounded and hurting people where they are in their journey so that they may find purpose and joy in a relationship with Jesus Christ. We hope that you are blessed by listening today. Thank you for joining us and God bless. I'm going to go ahead and pray if you just pause with me let's talk to God dear Lord thank you that we could be here this morning that we could honor you and honor your word and Lord would you speak to us we know you're here you've spoken through time of worship and praising you and and now Lord we ask you to speak as we continue to worship you and and honor your word and listen to what you want us to know and hear God, thank you for how you love us. Thank you for this day. We commit our way to you in Jesus' name, amen, amen. Well, hey, we're back in our series, jumping back in. It's been a while uh, in our series in the Gospel of John titled, Jesus Christ, the Light of the World. Jesus Christ, the Light of the World. And today we're going to be discussing coming to the end. Listen, coming to the end of ourselves and really putting in perspective what's in the world and understanding what's in the world and, and how important it really is to us. I, I think for me, one of the most difficult things that I faced in my life was when my best man, uh, Hank Patrici, was, was uh, killed by a drunk driver. Yeah, terrible thing, terrible thing. And, and uh, I remember that Christmas saying, yeah, the lights look nice. The tree is the tree. The songs are the songs, but boy, I never realized how temporary this all is. And I think we need to understand that folks. We need to understand that we're just camping out here. This is just temporary. I see this as we were talking about this last night with some friends that when people get older they they just want to deny that their bodies are failing, that life is changing, that things are not the way they used to be. Well why? Because they haven't embraced or come to that place where they've realized that this is temporary and i'm not trying to discourage you in that i just want to give you a proper perspective on that we need to have it we need to know that our greatest treasure is not here our greatest treasure is in heaven our greatest treasure is jesus so hey here's the title of today's message your heart is with what you treasure your heart is with what you treasure and is your heart with jesus is your heart with jesus or is it with something else? Matthew 6.21 puts it this way. For your, where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. Where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. So wh- what do you give your time to? Time is money. Wh- what do you give your money to? What do you give your energy to? Whatever it is, that thing or those things has your heart. Well, my hope and prayer is that through what we talk about in God's Word, what we discuss today, that will give our hearts to what really matters. Uh, of course, that's Jesus. Not, you know, not to the things that are passing, that are temporary in this world. Not to the things that are, are worth less than Jesus. Not worthless. They're not worthless things. They're good things, even family. But they're worth less than Jesus. So we need to understand that. So with that, will you please open up to John chapter 12, verses 20 to 32. That's what we're going to be reading today. And if you need a Bible, a pen or some notes, we want everybody to have some notes. Just take some notes there or circle and underline some things in your Bible. If you need a Bible, raise your hand. We got Brian here and we got Dave in the back there. And, uh, so, Or if you need a pen to take some notes, just raise your hand and we'll get that to you. While they're doing that, if you look up on the screen, you'll see this is my prayer for the day, and uh, I'm going to pray it in a moment, but I'll just read through it right now. You know, Lord, help us to see your great glory and to know your love for us. We need to see that. We need to know that. May our hearts be captured by you, and may we live in such a way that others see your beauty and majesty in us. Do people look at you and see Jesus? Do they? Do you realize when people say, man, I, I just love you, that probably the thing they love most about you is Christ shining through you? Think about that. I love how Jesus works in you and speaks through you and moves through you. And then please allow our lives to exalt you so that others are drawn to the love of your love and follow you along with us. And do you, can you say this? As I close this prayer out in a moment and as we're going to pray it, can you say, Jesus, you are my treasure. You are our treasure. Let's go ahead and pray. Dear Lord Jesus, Lord, please help us to see your great glory and and to begin to know your love for us. We'll never know it completely. It's so massive, but may our hearts be captured by you and may we live in such a way that, Others see your beauty shining through and your majesty living in us. And, oh, God, please allow our lives to exalt you in that way so that others are drawn to that love that they see and, and want to follow you along with us, to come along with us in our pursuit of you. Lord, you are our treasure in these earthen vessels. Help us to never forget that. I pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen, Hey, would you please stand with me as uh i read god's word we're, we're, we 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 want to honor god's word this is you know so many churches today are getting away from the inerrancy and in the honor of God's word to where the 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 pastor will take god's word and instead of having it here high above him, he'll put it low and say, "Yeah, things have changed. Let me explain how this is not so no here we we hold god's word high and up and Exalted. So let's go ahead and begin at verse 20 there. Now, among those who went up to worship at the feast were some Greeks. So these came to Philip, who was from Bethsaida in Galilee, and asked him, Sir, we wish to see Jesus. And, well, Philip went and told Andrew, Andrew, what do you think? And Andrew and Philip went and told Jesus. And Jesus answered them, The hour has come for the Son of Man to be glorified. Now is the judgment of this world. Now will the ruler of this world be cast out. And I, when I'm lifted up from the earth, will draw all people to myself. Dear Lord, please teach us today what you want us to learn from your word. In your name we pray, amen. Thank you, everyone. Please be seated, get your notes ready, get your pens, and we're gonna walk back through the passage. So if you look at verse 20 there, it says, now among those who went up to worship at the feast were some Greeks. Went up to worship. So who are these people? Greeks, typically when John mentions something like this, we're thinking Gentiles. So Gentiles are being drawn to Jesus? Gentiles? I mean, these could be just curious Greeks, but it says they went to worship. So maybe they're... There are Greeks who, who are, respect the Jewish traditions. Or, or, or perhaps there are even uh, Greeks who've converted to Judaism. We, we don't know. We don't know who they are, but they, they take a look. They said, man, we want an interview with Jesus. We want to see him. We want to talk with him. We want to sit down with him and learn some things, find out some things. And so look at verse 21. So they came to Philip. Hey, let's go to that guy. That guy, he's got, a, he's got a Greek name. Let's go talk to him. So they came to Philip, who is from Bethesda in Galilee, and that's near Decapolis, which is a Greek city. So they figure, hey, this guy has got a Greek name. He probably, he'll, he'll empathize. With it. Let's go speak to him. And so they asked him, sir, we wish to see Jesus. We know you guys are kind of holding the crowd back and only letting some come and speak to him, but we, we really want to speak to him. And so Philip goes, well, hey, Andrew, Andrew, what do you think? Do we let these guys in? Well, let's go talk to Jesus about it. And so they go to Jesus, and they say, Hey, uh, Jesus, these Greeks, they want to see you. They want to meet with you. And and Jesus replied, Bring them in. I'll speak with them. Right? Right? Well, we don't know, right? As you look at the Scripture there, we have no clue what happened. If he ever spoke to these men... Uh, uh, if he ever gave them time, might, might have been women as well. We we don't know. We, we have no idea who they are. But Jesus answered them, the hours come for the Son of Man to be glorified. God's starting to draw the hearts of Gentiles. And Jesus takes that as, wow, things have changed. The Pharisees are like, We're failed in our mission. The whole world's going after him. That's right, even Gentiles. Jesus sees it. It's a signal. He hears it. I'm so thankful God got a hold of my heart and drew me to him. If God hadn't gotten a hold of my heart, oh, man, I'd probably be in prison somewhere. Certainly wouldn't be married. I know, I, I know some of what my, some of my uh, family members who are unsaved have gone through, and uh, so I say that in, that in light of that. And so when you think about that and you think about what God can do with a life to where, you know, I'm a pastor, then you just got to say, God, you're amazing. When I stand back and I look at our stage and we've got such a mix of wonderful people up here, Honoring God with their talents. And I think, God, you're, look at your glory there in these people that, that you've changed, that you've drawn to you, that you've captured their hearts. Aren't you thankful that Jesus has captured your heart? That he's drawn you out of the world? I mean, where would you be? Where would you be today if Christ hadn't drawn you and rescued you? Yeah, you're, some of you are like, yeah, I, I agree. I'd probably be locked up somewhere. But so, thank God that he draws hearts. And this was a signal to Jesus. This was, things have changed. Something's different. It's, it, many times he said, My hour's not yet come. Not yet. It's not my hour. But here he says to them, he answers in verse 23 The hour has come for the Son of Man to be glorified, for Jesus to be put up in the spotlight, so to speak, to bring him glory, fame, put in the spotlight for the spotlight to be on him, to shine on him. So the disciples hear this, and they probably thought, what does this mean? Are you saying it's, it's, it's rebellion time? We're finally going to draw all these crowds of people here who will worship you and follow you and overthrow Rome? What are you talking about, Jesus? And Well, then Jesus said this, Truly, truly, I say to you, unless a grain of wheat falls into the earth and dies, it remains alone, but if it dies, it bears much fruit. What? What? Wait. What are you talking about? Death and what's going on here? And disciples were, I have to imagine they were confused. They didn't. But you and I, we know that Jesus here is referring to his death on the cross, right? That's what we we on hindsight. And we understand that, you know, when a seed when a seed goes into the soil, it's, it's like, you know, you put it in and you bury it. It's like a death, and it's buried, and then in time the, it dies. And you say, what? The, no, it doesn't die. It becomes a plant. That's right. The seed dies, and it gives its life over to the plant. So in that sense, the seed dies and gives its life over to the plant, and the plant grows, and not long, in a short time, there's fruit and then that fruit provides for many more seeds. And then that, those many more seeds provide for many more plants and many more seeds from the fruit and so on. So you understand what I'm saying? It continues, and, but it all began with the death of the first seed so that multiplication could take place. And so write this down. Number one, Jesus' death on the cross was a beginning and not an end. Jesus' death on the cross was a beginning and not an end. And thank God that's true of you and me, right? When we die and leave this world, it's not an end. It's a beginning. But for the disciples, this, this just didn't make sense. They're thinking, wait, is he, is he saying his mission is over? Is he saying he's going to die? What is he talking about here? Because if he were to die, that would be despair and darkness for us. And His mission would definitely come to an end. Well, in one sense, Jesus is talking about the death of his mission, his first mission, because we know his first mission was to what? To what? The lost sheep of Israel, right? Take a look at this, Matthew 15, 24. And he answered, I was sent only to the lost sheep of the house of Israel. And you're like, what? What about everybody else in the world? Well, well, we know that would come later. And Jesus understood that too. He understood what was said of him in Isaiah and what was spoken about him. As far as his ministry goes, that it would go from the lost sheep of Israel to the whole world. Look at this, Isaiah 49, 6. Is it too light a thing that you should be my servant to raise up the rulers, the tribes of Jacob, and to bring back the preserved of Israel, the lost sheep of Israel? And then there's that semicolon, I. I I don't know, you know, grammar's not divinely inspired, but there's this break right there. And then he says, And I will make you as a light for the nations that my salvation may reach to the end of the earth. And thank God it's reached us. And so Jesus knew that his death on the cross was imminent, and it would be a beginning in the spread of the gospel to all the nations and not an end. Thank God, right? Then then he goes on to say this. Look at verse 25. Whoever loves his life loses it, and whoever hates his life in this world will keep it for eternal life. If anyone serves me, he must follow me. Whoever loves his life loses it, and whoever hates his life in this world will keep it for eternal life. If anyone serves me, He must follow me. Now, for the disciples, when they hear that word hate, it's not as though, yeah, I hate my life, I'm committing suicide. No, it's that I love my life less than I love something else. There's something more important than even my own life. Well, write this down. When we receive Christ as our Savior and King, we too are called to follow his lead in dying to self. When we receive Christ as our Savior and King, we too are called to follow his lead in dying to self. We're not to actually die, okay? Maybe Christ, God has called some, few, to death, in response to their salvation experience, but that's rare. God has called us mainly to live for him, to be living sacrifices. Romans 12, 1 puts it this way, I appeal to you, therefore, brothers, by the mercies of God, to present your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable to God, which is your spiritual worship. So God's calling us to live for him, not necessarily to just... Die for him in this way. So, so what does dying to self look like? What it, you might be like, well, what, it, what, do, what does that mean? Dying to self, what do you talk? well, here, dying to self involves this, relinquishing the passions and desires of the old life for those of the new life of Christ within. Example, my whole goal was to be a football coach. That's what I wanted to do, teacher and a coach, Friday night under the lights. And so you can imagine when I came back here and I sat down with my old football coach, who was now the principal of my old high school, and he said to me, you know, we're looking for a coach. Where's your teaching degree at? Well, I just need a couple classes to get it up and running again. He goes, do that. Get me your resume. Get it to me at the end of this week. I want it. When you hear that, I'm like, oh, wait, Randy, what did you come back here to do? Well, I came back here to plant a church. What am I gonna do? Hey, Coach. Yeah, I came back here to plant a church. Can't I can't do that? I know what'll happen. I know the kind of man I'll become. Uh, that'll become number one over. I didn't tell him this, but for you, I, I, that'd become number one over Christ. My family would would get neglected. My life would become a wreck. I know where I would go with it. It would, it would become a horrible mess. So I, I can't do that. So I had to die to my old passions and desires. And I, and I said, God, this is, this is what you want. Not my will, but thy will be done. I'm gonna die to self. I'm gonna go this way. And then God took me on a roller coaster ride where I ended up being the pastor of this church. It was like amazing. That's a long story, but wow. And uh, what a joy. Because I, I, not only are... Many of you people that God's given me the privilege to minister to, but you're my dear friends, my family, my loved ones, and I'm so thankful that God called me to go this way. And so Paul put it this way. Look, at Galatians 2.20. I've been crucified with Christ. It's no longer I who live, but Christ who lives in me. And the life I now live in the flesh, I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me. Gave himself for me. As I studied, one of the things that came out, and I, I don't know who said this. It wasn't original with me. I, I, but this is, check this out. Before there can be resurrection power and fruitfulness surging through our lives, there has to be death to self. Before there can be resurrection power and fruitfulness surging through our lives into the lives of others, there has to be death to self. Really, Randy, I got to give up those a lot of the things I love. You don't necessarily have to give them up. Some of them you just need to surrender. But there's some things that you know. What do I mean by surrender? God, I'm putting this in your hands. Uh, I'm dedicating it to you. If it starts to become an idol, then I will, I'll, I'll lay it down. But there's some things you know in your life. You're like, that thing is an idol, and it needs to go. By idol, I, I put it above Christ. When it's really worth less than Christ, help me, Lord. It begins with salvation. When we come to him and we say, Lord, I want you to be my Savior, and it's an ongoing process, folks, of dying of self. Picking, that's what Christ means when he says, pick up your cross. Pick up your cross. You pick up your cross when you say, say things like, not my will, but your will be done. My will becomes your will, God, when you choose what he wants rather than what you want. And that can be tough, man. It can be tough when you're like, but I love this thing, and this thing should be in my life, and you're telling me it's got to be out of my life? I'm not going to listen to you on this one, God. And then when you do that, after a time, it's like building calluses up. You know, when you're working with your hands, you build up calluses. After a while, you can build up calluses. to Your, your conscience can become callous to God to where you don't hear him anymore because you shut off his voice so much. chose to do your thing. Well, look at verse 26. If anyone serves me, he must follow me. And where I am there will my servant be also. If anyone serves me, the Father will on him, honor him. Now, one of the things you, we need to understand is, I'm going to read this again. We need to understand it's not like a one-time thing. It's a continual thing. Here, here's what I mean. Ready? If anyone continually serves me, he must continually follow me. And where I am, there he will continually be also my servant and if anyone serves me continually my father will honor him continually on and on and on and on so write this down number three there's a promise and a great reward here ready when we choose to serve christ just as he served us through the cross think about that jesus laid down his life on the cross for us and so we lay down our lives for him and serve him when we go on mission with him we receive the father's blessing And that's how we serve him. We go on mission with him. He's called us to, you know, make disciples. He's called us to baptize. He's called us to teach others. Are you discipling somebody or being discipled? In a discipleship relationship where you can share, have mutual ministry, if you aren't, find one, get in one, pray, ask God to bring someone who can disciple you because Nine times out of ten in that kind of relationship, you begin to disciple them, too, as the two of you grow together. It's a beautiful thing. So when we choose to serve Christ, just as he served us through the cross, we go on mission with him and receive the Father's blessing. Where is Christ? Well, he's in heaven, right? Yeah, you're right. But Christ is on mission. He said, okay, I've got this commission. I want you to go with me. I'll I'll always be with you, and we're going to make disciples. We're going to baptize, and we're going to teach. And so if Christ is on mission, when we go on mission, we're with him always, continually. What a promise that the one who has all authority in heaven and earth will always be with us as we go on mission with him. Yeah, dying to self doesn't mean you just lay there. What are you doing? I die to self. Dude, you're supposed to be on mission, man. Let's go. Move. And not only this, we'll also be honored and blessed. Honored and blessed by the Father. This involves both, you know, supernatural rewards. Man, I've really never noticed that. Like my car like hardly ever breaks down. You haven't noticed that before? No. Wow. Things like that. You're like, oh, so my car's breaking down, so I'm not being rewarded. But no, no. But you know, things like that happen these supernatural rewards that we're like, what's going on? God's blessing me and I don't understand. Well, because when we're on mission with him, he gives us these supernatural rewards. And there's recognition. We too can receive those words that Jesus heard. This is my beloved son in whom I'm well pleased. And you can hear him say to you, you are my beloved child in whom I'm well pleased. That kind of recognition. We'll look at Verse 27. Now is my soul troubled. Well, why? Because Jesus knows the anger and the violence and the agony that he's going to experience. He knows it all. It's coming. And he says, what shall I say? Father, save me from this hour? <laughs> no way. But for this purpose, I've come to this hour. Father, glorify your name. I want you to be put in the spotlight, Lord. So look at this. Number four, Jesus was willing and ready to die in order to do the Father's will and to bring him great glory. Jesus was willing and ready to die in order to do the Father's will and to bring him great glory. There was no hesitation. Again, he knew what was before him, that anger, that agony, that violence, but he was willing to sacrifice everything for the Father's honor and glory. Again, he wanted to put God into the spotlight, which brings a challenge for us. Listen, are you ready to lay down many of the joys in this life to honor and bless our great God and Father in heaven? Are you ready? I'll, I'll ask it again. Are you ready to lay down all your joys in this life? to honor and bless your great God and Father in heaven. Wow, can we follow Christ like this? Can I follow Christ like this? That's one to think about later when you go away from this. To, wow, can I follow? Man. Then a voice came from heaven. I have glorified it, and I will glorify it again. It's like God gives us amen. It's going to be so. It's going to happen. And the crowd that stood there and heard it said that it had thundered. Others said, man, I think an angel spoke. And Jesus answered, this voice came for your sake, not mine. Now is the judgment of this world. Now will the ruler of this world be cast out. Okay, uh, this next question here, I'm going to show my age, I think. But uh, how many of you are familiar with the song The Champion by Carmen? Let's see those hands. Go ahead, hold them high. I want to see the people who know my, okay, all right. Some of you aren't. Well, if you get a chance later, I thought about playing it, but nah. Just, just imagine this. Here's this song by Carmen, the champion. And uh, he's ta- he starts singing about this great cosmic boxing ring, okay? Great cosmic boxing ring for the fight of the angels, and all the angels and saints of old show up, and and then along with that come the demons, and uh, Satan, of course, steps in the ring, and then soon to follow the Son of God, and, and, and God the Father would be the referee. He was to be the referee, all right? The boxing match, the fight of the ages begins. In the first rounds, the devil couldn't touch Jesus, couldn't come near him, and then... As, the, as the, the battle or the fight wore on, Christ eventually stopped, opened his arms, and allowed the death blow to come. Sadness filled the arena as Christ fell to his death. Tears from the angels' eyes and the saints of old fell, and the demons began to cheer. But then God began to, to count. And instead of counting, you know, one, Two, instead of that, God began to count 10, nine, eight. Wait a minute, God, you're counting wrong. Seven, six, that's not the way it goes. And then Christ, three, two, one, then Christ rose up and delivered the death blow to the evil one because he's our champion. And, uh, Oh, my goodness, what a great song. You know, Some of you will be like, man, this is so old. But listen to it. You'll enjoy it. And, uh, and so number, the last thing here. Ready? Jesus' death and resurrection not only destroyed sin and death, but look at this. He also removed any authority that the devil had over God's people. Thank you, Jesus. He also removed any authority that the devil had over us. A guy named Tasker, here's a quote from him. He said, uh, "It was because of disobedience that man was driven by God out of the Garden of Eden for having submitted to the prince of this world. Now, by the perfect obedience of Jesus on the cross, the prince of this world will be deposed from his present ascendancy." Here's another way to understand it. Ready? You and I have not only been freed from the penalty of sin over our lives. Past, present, and future, as you heard in that video, our sins, past, present, and future taken care of, but we've also been free to the power of sin over our lives. Before you and I gave ourselves to Christ, we, we could only choose our sinful passions and desires, what we wanted. Now with Christ, we can choose life. We can choose between good and evil. And because of him, we can choose to love and serve God rather than pleasing self. Praise the Lord. Thank you, Lord. And then we come to the end here. Verse 32. And I, when I'm lifted up from the earth, you know, on the cross as the champion. I'll draw all people to myself, people like those Greeks. We want to see Jesus. So here are some questions for you as we come to this. Do you and I lift him up in our lives? Do we? Do we live in such a way that others see Jesus in us? Do we? Even in the home, it's hardest at home. Have, you, have we truly died to self? Set aside our sinful passions and desires or, or the passions and desires of the old life and given over to the new. Have we gone on mission with him? Do we? Do we go on, are we looking to make disciples? Do you have somebody that you're meeting with regularly and discipling or somebody that you're meeting with who's discipling you? Are you uh, leading your, looking at your neighbors and saying, I can share the gospel with them and they can become disciples? Yeah, because I did the teaching part first. Are you baptizing others? Like I, you saw in that video, I, got, I said, Aaron, come on, you're going to baptize your son with me. And then are you teaching? Are you in that discipleship relationship? I did it kind of in reverse. So making disciples, leading people to Jesus, sharing the gospel so that they receive and become disciples, learners, followers of Christ, baptizing them. Hey, it's time to get baptized. Here's your first step. Let's go. And then teaching them. Let's walk through the scriptures together. Let's learn what God's word says and understand it. Are you doing that? Are you doing these things? Do people see the champion living through you? Billy Graham said this, ready? Billy Graham said, one has to come to the end of self before one can really begin to live. Before you can really begin to do and be the person that God made you to be, you have to come to the end of yourself. So have you come to the end yet? Have you had enough of you? Are you ready to give over to Jesus in full? Some of you, that means it's like he's raised up, and you need to look and live. I see what he did on that cross. I want him to be my Savior. I'm going to give my life to him. For some of you, you're, you're, you've done that. You've done, you say, I've done that already, but I need to surrender. Christ Jesus, you are my treasure. I've come to realize that everything here is temporary, and you're the greatest treasure that I can have. And I want you, Jesus, to be what I treasure in my life. Have you come to that place?